You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this midweek edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24 of 7 Sports. We're going to do some simulation talk. Um, after that, we're going to discuss the teams I would like to handle for our next best of, of uh, all-time series. Is it, While I enjoy doing it, there's part of me that kind of would rather just have a day of the week where we focus on the, you know, great teams in Indians, like, you know, for instance, Monday, great teams in Indians history, Tuesday, future, uh, future draft. Well, that'd be impressive if I could do that. Past drafts, you know, Wednesday, mailbag, which means, you know, send me things for the mailbag. It's uh, a constant call out uh, for that. I'm trying to think the other things that we kind of discuss. You know, just the trans uh, transactions through history, things like that, and then go from there. But uh, I just, I'm the type of person that I, I like kind of shifting it up and not sticking with one thing over the course of an entire week. So I thought today we would kind of take a little bit of a break from the greatest Indian stuff, talk about some things that happened um, around this time, uh, and of course we'll start with the simulation. So let's get into that. We have three games to talk about, um, starting with the game on April 11th for the Indians against the Rays. A home game. It's a Saturday afternoon. Shane Bieber on the mound. Things should be going well for the Indians. I'm going to move back from the mic as it is picking up a lot of sounds on this one. It's it, not looking particularly clean. Uh, it's not a good one. Uh, it's, it's an odd, odd game. Um, it's kind of funny because Shane Bieber gives up so many runs in this one that it lists his, his earned runs at zero, um, which isn't possible. Uh, I just kind of had him eat it in this one. Like it got ugly quickly and my general take was, well, uh, I don't know why everyone and their mother, it felt like one of those things I'm like, is he tipping pitches? What is going wrong in this one? I'm trying to see if I can pull up a more in-depth inning by inning box score but it was just one of those games where he could not fool them in any way shape or form uh the first inning actually everyone it's okay nothing happens no one reaches base and then you start the second three runs on three hits nobody left on base uh jose martinez had a two-run home run so you're like okay that's not great indians offensively are doing nothing then we enter the third inning, and I'm just going to go through this step-by-step. Step. Walk, homer, single, double, double, single, single, strikeout, wild pitch, single, 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 flyed out, ground out. Eight runs on nine hits and two left on base. Like, he just, for whatever reason, uh, the computer decided he wasn't going to fool anyone in this one. And that's the third inning. The pen's already been kind of tacked, so we just kind of... Decided we're going to have a fun experiment. Uh, in real life, this would never happen. And if it did, the pitcher would be so pissed. But we kept pushing on. The Indians do get two across in the next inning, uh, thanks to Mercado Hernandez and Lindor. Bieber comes out in the next inning, gives up a homer to Nate Lowe. But that's the only hit. Comes out the next inning. I'm sorry, this is the Indians in the next inning. Get another one ac- run across. So it is now a 12-3 game. Uh, two runs on three hits in the next inning with a walk, ground out, single, strikeout, single, single, ground out. 
I, I just the I couldn't make any sense of the what was going on in the internal logic. So now it's fourteen to three. The Indians get one and uh, get that run back. So it's now fourteen to four. I still have Bieber out because the other thing was like he did not have a lot of pitches. It was ridiculous. Like he enters the sixth here, and I want to look at the exact bobs. Like he 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 doesn't get through the sixth. Um, I left him in there a little longer than even I wanted to, but with giving up 19 hits and going five and a third innings, it was only 116 pitches comparatively. Um, I didn't mean, I got distracted, I'll be honest, when I was running through this. And uh, I didn't mean to have him go out there in the sixth, but then I, I just kind of let him uh, go out there. Uh, it goes walk, fly out, double, single, single. Uh, fielding error by Jose Ramirez. And that's when Wetgren comes in who gives up a, uh, or I'm sorry, who induces a double play. So it is now 16-4. to four. Uh, Indians do nothing. The seventh for once, uh, the uh, Rays go in order, which is a first for, I think, the entire game since the first inning. The Indians have a few things occur. Nothing, uh, no one crosses in the seventh. The air side of things, uh, an error by Jose Ramirez, the second of the game. Allows a uh, runner to reach base, or Wetgren would have the eighth with uh, he, a perfect eighth. He strikes out Zunino, Robertson, and Adames all back to back. Indians do nothing in their half of the eighth. Um, bring in a, uh, a single and a single. So then I bring up Adam Simber, who gets a ground out double play, and then he throws a wild pitch, and that scores a run. So it's now 17 to 4, and that's where it ends in this one. Um, Bieber, five and a third innings, 19 hits, three walks, five strikeouts, three home runs, 116 pitches. Uh, again, it reset his number of earned runs. If I was doing the math correctly at home, I believe he gave up 16 in this one. Again, this was just me being like, well, if this is what's going to happen in the simulation, this is a really odd one, and we're just going to let it go. Because it wasn't just that, you know, you have multiple guys with three or more hits and everyone is just seeing the ball very clearly for the it felt like they were tipping pitches or or signaling somehow it felt like a, a Houston Astros situation but you know Nate Lowe homers Willie Adames Jose Martinez Nate Lowe has a double Hunter Brentfro has two Zanino has one and on the other side of things two errors by Ramirez Cesar Hernandez hits into two double plays Carlos Santana hits into a double play Jose Ramirez hits into a double play Francisco Lindor hits into a double play just Everything that could go wrong, you know, everything that possibly could go wrong does. Uh, the Indians have nine hits. Problem is four of those belong to Cesar Hernandez, two to Francisco Lindor. It did lead to runs because that's our nine and one hitter, so those at least connected. But those guys had six of the nine hits for the Indians. Uh, 55 degrees, a uh, nice afternoon game, 24,000 in attendance. Takes more than three hours because of the offensive explosion. Uh, horrible game. Like, there's no no good way to put it, right? We're just going to say that uh, something weird happened to the computer logic of this, and everything went awry for that game. So at this point, the Indians are, uh, they are 7-9, and nine, and it's the, the rough start to the year continues. But before we head into this commercial break, the next one is where it's going to start to get a little fun because we get to pull Mike Clevenger off the disabled list by April 12th by most things I was seeing because I decided to spend some time, do the research, and make sure it was legal. 
uh, he would should be back and healthy by what people were judging and expecting. So we have Mike Clevenger finally ready to go. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Clevenger's performance, and then we'll talk about uh, the first game because Monday was an off day for the Indians against the Tigers. So tune in for some more fun with simulation talk. So this uh, this would be a fun game if it happened in real life to watch unfold. So Clevenger comes off the disabled list uh, for the Indians, and they've been playing. It's been a rough stretch, especially coming off the game uh, that I described the night before. He is going to come into this one and have one of the Indians' best performances of the year. I probably let him in there longer than I should, in, in uh, honesty, but uh, it's not like it really hurt him. Uh, so let's just kind of go a little bit play-by-play play in this one, or inning by inning. Let's be a little fair with that. First inning, uh, nobody reaches base. Second inning, nobody reaches base. Third inning, uh, Joey Wendell singles to left, and there's a walk by Chi Man Choi. Okay, so we have that in the fourth inning. Hunter Ranfro walks. Fifth inning. Nobody reaches base. Sixth inning, Jiman Choi walks. Seventh inning, nobody reaches base. Eighth inning, nobody reaches base. Ninth inning, nobody reaches base. Uh, the Indians win this one. I'm sure you could tell by that description of the inning by inning. Clevenger goes eight innings, allowing one hit and three walks and striking out 14. Uh, it's a complete drubbing on the other side. That Joey Wendell hit is the only hit in the game. For the Rays, Brad Hand does come in in the ninth, pick up a second save, one inning, strikes out two for the Indians. Blake Snell is brilliant, honestly, on the other side. He goes seven innings, seven hits, gives up one earned run in this one. So it is a one nothing affair uh, that the Indians are lucky to kind of get that uh, behind you know, the brilliant play of Clevenger. That one run happens in the third, which Domingo Santana fly out, Roberto Perez fly out. So that's how it starts with a pair of outs. Uh, Cesar Hernandez singles, uh, Francisco Lindor singles. So then you got runners on the th- on the at first and third. Oscar Mercado singles, scoring that one run, and then Jose Ramirez flies out to center. But that's all the Indians needed in this one. That's how good Clevenger was in his appearance. He was a game changer as the Indians move to eight and nine, split the four game series with the Rays, have Monday off, and we will talk about. So just to go through Wednesday, because that's when this podcast will post, we have now two Tigers games to talk about. This will be the end of this little mini home stretch. Uh, I was tempted to go through the Thursday game just to finish off the home stretch, but let's just talk about uh, what they do against the Tigers in these two games. First game, you have Aaron Saval on the mound against Matt Boyd uh, pitching. This is a, a game that's pretty tight in the early goings. But uh, the Indians will get two across in the seventh and then explode for an eighth run, eighth. And that's where things uh, essentially get, that's where the game ends for all extents and purposes if you're looking at the idea of competition. In that eighth inning, as I pull it up here, this is how it goes. Mercado fly out on a circle change. Jose Ramirez singles. Carlos Santana single. Franmil Reyes walk. Wild pitch, run scores. Jordan, Jordan Luplo hit by pitch. Switching from Mark Ecker to Buck Farmer pitching. Domingo Santana singles. Roberto Perez walks. Cesar Hernandez fly out, which allows Jordan Luplo to tag up and score. Francisco Lindor single. Oscar Mercado infield single. 
Jose Ramirez doubles. Now we have Anthony Castro pitching. Carlos Santana singles run across. Uh, Jose Ramirez went for the extra base and was thrown out at home. That ends the inning. Uh, Aaron Zavala is still pitching into the ninth of this one. At that point, the win percentage chance is 99.9% as the Indians are up 10-0. And he is able to close up the ninth rather easily in this one. The Indians are able to get back to 500. 122 pitches. I know I'm really overtaxing these arms in the game. Uh, it, it, not something I would do if I was the actual manager, if I'm being honest. But nine innings, seven hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Uh, the only two extra base hits, a home run by Domingo Santana. It was a two-run shot in the seventh to give the Indians a lead. And then a double by Jose Ramirez. Jordan Luplo does get hit by a pitch in this one. Three hits by Jose Ramirez. Puts his batting average back up over 400. Two hits by Carlos Santana. Uh, Francisco Lindor has a hit and a walk, so he reached base. He reached base multiple times. Domingo Santana, two hits and a walk. Uh, lineup starting to come alive, and the starters are pitching quite well. So winning that first game after the off day on Monday puts the Indians back to 500. And then we have the uh, April 15th game which is the Wednesday game. Zach Plesak on the mound for the Indians. Spencer Turnbull for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, The Indians will get on the mound, mound, get on the board first in the fourth inning after a two-run home run by Jake Bowers, his first of the year. The Tigers will get those two runs back in the seventh. Uh, Zach Plesak goes six and two-thirds. So he gets into the seventh, um, runs into a little bit of trouble for the Indians. I specifically went to Plesak in that situation because there was runners on first and third, and my thought process was he was either going to strike him out or walk him. Uh, That's what we've seen with Plesak in the game and even in his time in the minors. Uh, So I thought we'll go, or not going to Karinchok, because that's what Karinchok, I should say, does. So we go to Karinchok, and he gives up a single that ties the game. Uh, overall in that seventh, it went single by Candelario. Uh, Austin Romine strikeout, Victor Reyes single, Christian Preshi single, Francisco Hernandez uh, ground out. They did a pinch hit. Uh, Eric Rodriguez for Daniel Pinero. That's when we went to Karinchak. Rodriguez has the single, and then he gets Mabin to strike out. Luckily for the Indians, uh, Karinchak doesn't. That's his only hit. He'll go two and a third innings, striking out six, allowing one hit on no walks. He'll keep things steady, and the Indians will get a run in the ninth. They get a walk-off win in this one. Roberto Perez singles through the left side. Uh, I had Delano DeShields pinch run for him at that point, uh, and then had him steal second, which he did uh, effectively. Cesar Hernandez popped up, and they intentionally walked Francisco Lindor at that point. Oscar Mercado delivers a single down the first baseline, and the Indians win. That win takes them to 10-9 and nine on the year, puts them over 500. After kind of a rough start to the year in our simulation, they are things are definitely looking up for our virtual Indians. Through 19 games, Jose Ramirez is still tied for third in home runs. Uh, tied for Santana is in the top 10 as well with uh, Ramirez has six Carlos Santana has five Jose Ramirez is second in the American League in batting average at 413 
the pitching has not been as sterling. Um, Indians ERA leader is Aaron Saval at 3.33. He Carrasco leads them in wins with two. Hand leads them in saves with two. If we kind of dig into some more advanced numbers and look at how some of those are, I will give Baseball Mogul credit. They have added some more statistics into this. So let's pull up some of those fun advanced numbers and see if we have any Indians in the top 10 in the early going. In terms of runs created, Jose Ramirez is tied with Nelson Cruz for the American League lead in that. Nelson Cruz currently leads the American League in batting average, uh, if you're curious, and in on-base percentage. He is having a stellar year for the Twins to start off. Uh, in on-base percentage, Jose Ramirez is second at 477 behind the 44 of Nelson Cruz. Uh, just a step below him is Josh Donaldson. And to show it is the extreme early, some names on that list, Tony Kemp and Ronald uh, Guzman, who we do not expect to last the year up there. Isolated power, Jose Ramirez is third, uh, a distant third behind Giancarlo Stanton and Xander Bogarts. They have what they call defense-independent ERA, which I assume is, you know, FIP, just with a different name. I hadn't really seen it that way. No one from the Indians makes that list. Uh, Lucas Giolito, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now, Charlie Morton, and Frankie Montes are at the top of that list. In terms of the good old standings, where are the Indians now after a three-game winning streak? 10-9 and nine is good enough for third in the division. Uh, sorry, fourth in the division. Uh, the, they are half a game behind the Chicago White Sox. Kansas City Royals have started the year 11-7 and seven and are just half a game behind the Minnesota Twins, who have the best record in the American League so far. Uh, Tampa, Toronto, and New York are all tied for first in the American League East. And out west, Texas has taken the early advantage. Uh, the Indians are, you know, it's early. Is it really worth looking at something like the wild card race? I mean, I guess. The Indians are currently a game and a half behind the Kansas City Royals and a game behind the New York Yankees in terms of that wild card. Now it's technically the Yankees and the Blue Jays uh, for that wild card spot uh top prospects uh, still you know they have daniel espino still listed along with lenny torres and ethan hankins in game so we'll see how those players continue to progress um in terms of players in the minors bobby bradley uh still having some numbers that would indicate uh giving him an opportunity tyler naquin i'm still considering hurt uh greg allen yu chen chang christian arroyo all uh, legitimate major league options. Logan Ice is somehow rated much better than Sandy Leone, and a because he has gap power and he has a 96 eye. That's a ridiculous like, because it's a one to a hundred scale and a 94 arm. Uh, Logan Ice will probably be lucky to ever hit the majors for the Indians or any other team, but they have him rated a 74-79, which is, again, why this game's kind of weird, because that's like a better rating than Daniel Johnson or Nolan Jones, Will Benson. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that, but, I, you know, it's always interesting. Sometimes I don't know how these systems come up with the numbers. There was a point in time, honestly, where the Maker Baseball uh, mogul follows me on Twitter. Uh, I guess brag moment? I don't know. But I offered to be like, I will give you my scouting reports. Like, you can have that. You can integrate it. Uh, it would just be nice to get, like, a thank you or to show up and get, like, a free copy of the game. I didn't even want any money for it, specifically for, like, my draft lists. And um, 
but I was willing to do it with my prospect list as well. And it's hard. You know, this is like one guy and he's been producing it every single year. And uh, it was out there, honestly, before uh, out of the park developments. And now everyone talks about OOTP. And yes, it's because you can do so much more with OOTP. But that's become its own little cottage industry. And Baseball Mogul is kind of like the simpler one. And uh, it still has a special place in my heart. So in spite of its craziness and some of the zaniness in there, uh, I still have no regrets on that purchase. And I think it's still 40% off. Again, they haven't paid for advertisements on the show. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for something that's a easy time killer, uh, it's fun to play with. Uh, the, one of the big things for me is the historical data. I have many times in the past started a season in 1901 and i don't in those ones sim like every game like i'm doing now where i'm playing and playing manager i'll like sim for a month sim for a month make some trades do draft picks and stuff and then uh yeah i've played those seasons from like 1901 to like 2100 uh just keep letting it go but it is fun to kind of get to play with it's why like max carey always sticks in my mind as a an old-time baseball player because he set a ridiculous number of triples uh, a record that never got broken because it does show the evolution of the game in terms of like there's almost no home runs at the start and very few strikeouts to those numbers gradually going up now um, you do see some increases it's not exactly perfect in the way that they do salary structures and you know the indians do start out i think in 1901 as the broncos or maybe it's the spiders you know whatever it is they, they have those built-in team names so i've always enjoyed the history and it's definitely through the years allowed me to know the history of players there's some guys whose names bounce around in my head where they became these phenomenal players and i'll see the name and be like oh yeah he was really good and you're like oh no he was not he didn't turn into what i thought um he was gonna be because yeah he turned into a hall of famer when i was simming and he's in there because yes he played for a few seasons but he was not that when he had the opportunity to play in real life um we will talk about friday some of the facts of the week we'll uh we'll uh, dive into a draft class because i'm kind of jones in for some draft talk as well um i still am trying to figure out what i will be doing in terms of the draft and writing so stay tuned i've, I've had a few thoughts and ideas on that thank you all for listening uh, on this virtual baseball day all virtual all the time until we can get baseball back in some form i, I hold out hope that like the nba and their quick testing model and i saw something about the mlb doing a ridiculously high amount of testing as well I mean, wouldn't it be so nice to have baseball on TV? Even if we could, no fans, if they could just have it playing somewhere. I, I saw um, talk that maybe they could play in Japan for this year because Japan has done a better job handling the pandemic. Maybe Korea too, let's be honest. Like, Korea has done one of the best jobs in terms of handling this to the point, I don't know if they let us in to play baseball. Um, that's the other thing. It's like, do they really want to let a few hundred Americans in there when one of them could set things off? That's kind of the danger of all of it. But uh, if you could do sudden testing, that's basically going to be the trick to getting uh, baseball teams on the diamond before July. Like, I mean, I'm honestly now to the cat. You know, I, I always said June, but I'm thinking July is probably more of a, a target point. And that's, again, why putting the draft on TV. Look what the NFL draft looks like in 10 days. Yeah, it's going to be weird, but this whole idea of social distance drafting, you can do. Make a virtual mock-up teams have been calling in and doing it via conference call on day three for so long we could do a draft we could get something baseball related 
and baseball could have a chance to shine. So uh, pay attention to the NFL draft in a few weeks. I think it's going to set a model that uh, Major League Baseball should get on soon. Not wait. Let's have that draft in May because there's not going to be baseball in May. Let's take advantage of that. I have been Jeff Ellis. You are fantastic as always. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. No one quite knows how that algorithm works, but uh, we need some help on there right now. Uh, Tell a friend, download, listen, all of that great things. Uh, Make sure to download every new episode. Even if you do stream, the download helps. So download and delete. Uh, But all of that, uh, let's get those numbers back up on the podcast. Get those sponsors back on the show. Thank you, and as always, Go Tribe!